0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the IPI Policy Basics Podcast. Today's topic is the federal debt ceiling debate, or should we limit the debt limit? We're coming to you today from the studios of Salem Media Group in Dallas, Texas. I'm Tom Giovanetti, the president of the Institute for Policy Innovation. With our IPI Policy Basics podcast, we are building an audio reference library on basic policy concepts and topics for those who want to learn and understand how to think about policy from a principled free market limited government standpoint, or who just need to get caught up to speed on a particular issue. Today, I'm joined in the studio by IPI resident scholar, Dr. Merrill Matthews, and we're going to talk about the debt limit. So, Dr. (laughs) Matthews, Uh, On a fairly regular basis, this comes up. Mm -hmm. Um, And
1: we're approaching it again. And we are
0: approaching it again. And in the wake of the contentious uh, election for the House of Representatives for the House Speaker, um, already people are projecting onto the debt ceiling debate and the implications. So why don't you explain... Why don't we explain to our listeners exactly what the debt ceiling is, what the debt limit is, why it exists, and uh, why it may why it matters if it does.
1: And, and it does matter because we we do this regularly. So our policy basics tend to be tend to want to have a longer uh, shelf life than other things. But because we do this fairly often, yeah. it will be it, it keeps coming back. Uh, So, yes, as you mentioned, the debt limit is coming up. It's not entirely clear when that will happen. There have been speculation that it it will go uh, towards the end of the second quarter, maybe the beginning of the third, though there have been discussions lately that the Biden administration has been spending more money than had been anticipated, and so we might actually hit the debt ceiling fairly soon. And in that case, if Congress doesn't address it, the Treasury Department has to look to what it calls extraordinary measures To try to make sure that uh, we can continue paying bills even if the debt limit has not been increased.
0: Okay, well, let's get very, very basic to start off. Let's let's not make any assumptions.
1: We'll start start out with the basic stuff. What is the debt limit? I'll raise several questions here, and then we'll try to answer them. The debt limit is the total amount of money that the United States government is authorized to borrow to meet its existing legal obligations, and that includes Social Security and Medicare benefits, military salaries, interest on the national debt, tax refunds, and other payments. So it's all of those things combined. So that's the debt limit that the federal government can use to borrow that.
0: And it matters because we spend money that we don't have. Right. And so we have have to to, go out and and we have to borrow. We have to sell treasury bills. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have to get other people to loan us money to cover the spending commitments that we've already
1: made right the current debt limit right now is just under 31.4 trillion dollars and that was set in mid december of 2021 so it's been it's been a little over a year that they set the the debt limit and uh, it was raised then by 2.5 trillion now, if you go to the National Debt Clock, it says current federal debt is at $31.5 trillion. Hmm. So the, the National Debt Clock says it's a little over, but they would calculate that a little bit differently. So uh, at least from the federal gov- government standpoint, it's approaching the $31.4 trillion, and it's going to have to figure out what to do.
0: And so the reason that the debt limit comes up irregularly is that it's not... To, pin to any particular date on the calendar. Right. It's just, it, it becomes an issue when we start getting close to the total indebtedness that is allowed by current
1: law. It, it can be pinned to a date on the calendar because sometimes they suspend the debt limit, but we'll get back to that a okay. little later. So federal debt has risen considerably since the fiscal year 2001, a little over 20 years ago. That was the last fiscal year in which the U S government actually ran a surplus. And at the end of fiscal year 20, uh, 2001, gross federal debt stood at $5.8 trillion. So 20 years ago, the gross federal debt was $5.8 trillion.
0: And by the way, we were losing
1: sleep over that. <laughs> we were, absolutely. <laughs> As of mid-November 2022, the federal debt was totaled at $31.3 trillion. And that's a huge percentage of our GDP. So, I mean, it's, it's a big deal to, in essence, go six times more than it was 20 years ago. And it's getting worse right now, in part because of the interest rate. Remember, for decade, for a couple of decades, we had very, very low interest. Right. And so the issue was, well, it's not a big problem if the federal government borrows money because the interest rate is so low. It's almost like free money that we can go out and borrow. But that's changing as the interest rate has been going up, in part because the Federal uh, Reserve Bank has been pushing it up. And by pushing it up, it makes the debt payment much higher, and that exacerbates the whole problem of the federal debt because it's no longer free money.
0: And again, to be specific here, uh, it may be that five years ago, uh, Treasury bills were issued at a very, very low interest rate. Right. So the the Treasury was only obligated to pay off those debts at an extremely low interest rate. But now, when the Treasury goes out on the market and tries to sell Treasury notes, those are going to be at a significantly higher interest right, has rate. has to be much higher. And going forward, it's anticipated it's going to be higher and higher yeah, and higher.
1: Could be three and a half, four percent 4%, right. maybe even higher. Now,
0: the higher an interest rate the Treasury Department offers to investors, the more juicy those Treasury notes are for investors. Right. Uh, if you're an investor, you'd rather buy a treasury note at 5.5% than at 1.5%. On the other hand, that means the federal government's got to pay <laughs> higher interest, and that means taxpayers have got to pay that higher interest
1: some way. So let's, let, let's take a little sidebar here to make a distinction between the federal debt and federal deficit, because sometimes people mix those up. Mm-hmm. So the federal deficit is how much is how m- the shortfall that the government meets in one fiscal year so for instance at the uh, the fiscal year 2022 which ended just recently here at the end of September the f- the deficit the federal deficit was 1.4 trillion dollars so it's of course much less than the federal debt because once it's once it goes through the fiscal year then it becomes part of the federal debt and we start working on the next right so that fiscal 1.4 deficit.
0: trillion deficit It's added to the accumulating national debt.
1: Right, and so that that the deficit is what we miss, where the shortfall in a given year versus the federal debt, which is the total amount of money that we owe. So, what does the debt limit actually do? The debt limit uh, does not authorize new spending commitments. So, it essentially says, once you reach that debt limit, you cannot. Uh, authorize new spending commitments on the, fe- on the federal government's part. It simply allows the government to finance existing legal obligations that Congress has uh, and the president ha- of both parties have done in the past. What would failing to raise the debt limit do? So that's a good question. If we don't raise the debt limit, what happens? Mm. It would cause the government to default on its legal ob- obligations, which is an unprecedented event in American history. Is raising the debt limit unusual? No, since 1960, Congress has acted 78 separate times to permanently or temporarily extend or revise the definition of the debt limit, 49 times under Republican presidents, 29 times under Democratic presidents. So what can be done? Well, Congress can do several things. Uh, It could, for instance, eliminate the debt limit. And there's pros and cons. Some people will say, well, Look, we uh, Congress uh, spends this money; it authorizes it. The president signs it. It is an obligation for Congress to pay it. So, why even have a debt limit?
0: Yeah, I mean, let, let's let's camp out there for a second because this is this is the point I think of some confusion and some debate. Mm-hmm. Okay, the Congress has already decided to spend X amount of money. They've right. already appropriated the money. So, the argument is that increasing the debt ceiling. Should be automatic uh, it shouldn 't even be a question because the the question 's already been answered we 've already decided to spend that money, mm-hmm. and so from that standpoint, having a separate vote to increase the debt limit is kind of a relic if you 've already decided to spend this money, then it would be irresponsible then to not provide Treasury with the means of financing what you've already decided to spend. And in a
1: sense, to your point, if you've already appropriated, because Congress passed bills that won't be, that won't actually, we won't be spending the money for years to come in some cases.
0: And you knew when you, you knew when you voted for that spending bill, we were going to have to borrow the money Mm -hmm. to pay for it. You knew we didn't have the, the, we didn't have the money coming into the Treasury to fund that. So the argument, that argument is that having a separate vote to increase the debt ceiling is is just a relic, and it creates artificial political leverage. Okay, uh, but the other argument is, hey, if artificial leverage is the best we got, <laughs> let's let's use it. Because historically, Republicans, not always, but sometimes, have tried to use the debt ceiling as an opportunity to extract concessions from Democrats, mm-hmm.
1: like which. The Republicans are saying they're going to try to do right. as this debt ceiling yeah. debate. Comes so you're
0: going to have to agree. You're going to have to agree to something. You're going to have to agree to some spending cuts or some process changes. You're going to have to make some kind of commitments to get us to extend the debt ceiling.
1: And and so the, the pro argument, as you said, is that this is something Congress does. It passes it. It has to pay the bills. We don't want to default on our debt. The, the flip side of that argument is it's a forcing mechanism to allow anybody who's fiscally prudent and these days some Republicans at least claim to be fiscally prudent. We'll we'll find out whether they are. Yep. But uh, it, it, it's a forcing mechanism to say, look, we are spending a lot of money out there, and maybe we should reconsider what we're spending money on, cut spending, do something to try to control spending, cut some, somewhere else, uh, do, even yeah. if it has to be raising taxes. It, it, it's a forcing mechanism to say, look at how much money we're spending. Is it time for us to cut back?
0: I'm hearing more and more, um, frankly, thoughtful conservatives who I respect sort of dismissing this whole debt ceiling debate. And they're saying, you know, this is really stupid. Again, Congress has already decided to spend this money. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really stupid to hold the government hostage when you've already decided to spend the money. And from a purely logical argument standpoint, I think that's correct. On the other hand, uh, for those of us who want to see some kind of spending restraint on Congress, uh, I'll take any point of leverage I can get. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I'll grant I'll grant all of those points that you've already decided to spend this money. Uh, you knew you didn't have the cash. You knew it was going to have to be borrowed. So it ought to be kind of an automatic thing that the debt ceiling gets gets raised as necessary. But I would not be in favor of just doing away with the whole process of having to authorize a debt ceiling increase because you'd be giving up a point of leverage. And I just kind of think that if you did that, government spending would grow even faster than it does now.
1: So that's one point. You could eliminate the debt ceiling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, you could suspend the debt ceiling. And that's not unusual either. From 2013 until 2019, Congress chose to suspend the statutory limit on the amount of federal debt outstanding for set periods of time rather than increase the debt limit. So on October 14, 2021, Congress chose to increase the debt limit by the fixed amount of $480 billion. So they said amount, we're going to increase the debt limit by that much. And on December 16, 2021, another act increased the debt limit by $2.5 trillion. So the debt limit suspension is something they have done at times when they don't want to deal with it. They Mm -hmm. just set it aside and say, all right, we're just suspending the debt limit. We're not ending it. But we're suspending it for some kind of period of time, and then we'll come back and decide later what we'll do with it. So if we don't suspend the debt limit, and I'm I'm thinking Congress doesn't really want to do the Republicans don't really want to do that. You could raise the debt limit by a small amount, and my understanding is that one of the bills that they passed that was eliminating the IRS, the Republicans did initially when they got when they got going, was that they uh, increased the debt limit by 114 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not a huge amount to add to it. It's a very small amount, not going to go anywhere because that's part of legislation. Democrats in the Senate are not going to allow us to not going to remove that money that they're giving the IRS and the new employees. But the Republicans did uh, propose and pass in the House, won't go in the Senate, a very small increase. Or you could do something like just significantly raise the debt limit which is, I'm guessing, where they'll probably go. As I mentioned back a, a, a year or so ago, they decided to raise the debt limit by $2.5 trillion. That's a lot of money. But I suspect they'll come and decide to raise the debt limit by some large amount, not some very small amount.
0: Because, it, you know, we haven't actually stated it, but the the point here is at some point, if Congress does not increase the debt ceiling, mm-hmm. uh the first thing that happens is Treasury has to start scrambling and prioritizing
1: right. extraordinary measures, yes. as what, they call it, what
0: it's it. going to pay and what it's not. And,
1: you know, families do that sometime where they, they find that we've got some bills coming due. We don't have enough income for that. Right. So let's we'll hold off paying this bill. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll 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 try to pull some money. I say we'll do something to try to make that until we expect be able to get this back in line again.
0: But, of course, we've seen some of those extraordinary measures in the past, and the first thing they do is start shutting down the things that directly affect the American people. Oh, yeah. They close the national parks. (laughs) They do things like that. They want to make sure that the American people feel the pain right away. They'll
1: juggle the books for a little bit, but then they start doing various things to try to inflict maximum amount of pain from the—especially if it's a Democratic administration, because they want to make— they want to put pressure on Republicans to try to go ahead and pass the debt right.
0: limit, but ultimately you get you get something approaching a government shutdown mm-hmm. and the the ultimate worst case scenario is you could have a situation where the Treasury has exhausted its extraordinary measures and literally is defaulting, right is it's not making not paying not paying off holders of treasury bonds as they're supposed to be paid.
1: And I'm 99.9% sure we won't get to that point.
0: Right, because that would that would be a disaster. Uh, let's, let's wrap up by sort of making sort of the strongest policy point here, I think, that matters, and that is that the problem here is spending. Mm-hmm. Spending is the problem. Uh, if you're going to spend this much money, then just – integrity and character basically demand that you go ahead and follow through on the commitments that you've made. So the problem, the real core problem is not the debt ceiling. The real core problem is not even interest rates. The problem is spending, that we're spending so much money. And I think as an organization that has more confidence in markets than in government, Mm -hmm. I think we should point out that ultimately it is markets who have the final say. Because at some point, I mean the the difference between a very very secure bond and a risky bond is the perception that investors have about whether or not they're going to get repaid. Mm-hmm. And if investors are not sure they're going to get repaid, they're going to insist on a higher interest rate.
1: And we see that from various countries like Turkey and others exactly. that have that are that are struggling right. and they have to pay a much higher interest rate.
0: And so if we continue to spend at unsupportable levels, uh what we'll find is that Congress raising the debt ceiling is not going to be the issue. The issue is going to be whether or not anyone shows up at the next Treasury auction, or if anyone's willing to pay what Treasury is offering. And if you get to the point where Treasury starts having to offer 8 or 9% interest on Treasury bonds, uh, that will become very, very fiscally painful in the United States very quickly.
1: And to your point, what Republicans apparently want to do is they want to have a discussion with Democrats about where you can cut some spending. And Democrats have already said, Chris, uh, Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut has said, we are not having that, uh, that discussion. We, that's not part of it. There's, no, there's not going to be any discussion on spending cuts with re- relation to the debt ceiling and my guess is there actually will be some discussion.
0: My guess is there will be too although the republicans have a very tiny margin. You're actually and here's here's a teaser. You're actually starting to hear the word sequester mm-hmm. floating around and we should probably do a podcast at some point in the future about the sequester because we were actually pretty big fans of that and it actually worked until republicans undermined it. Right. Well, you can find out a lot more about spending, debt, deficits, good fiscal policy, and bad fiscal policy at our website at ipi.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, how about giving us a favorable review on iTunes or on your favorite podcast platform? And we'd appreciate it if you would tell others about the IPI Policy Basics Podcast and share these episodes on your social media platforms. You could also help to sponsor these podcasts by becoming a member of IPI's Giving Society. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.